Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Guys, I have a special treat for you today. We are excited to introduce our very special guest. Uh, Dr. Stephanie Snyder is joining us from The Opulent Life, and she is going to talk to us all about starting habits. And so I know for so many of us, we're looking to start new habits around our eating choices or exercise or sleep or stress management. And so I thought this would be a great topic to talk about today so we could get those tips on how do we really create something we can stick with versus just coming up with a whole bunch of wishes and never following through. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to talk about this topic, especially at the beginning or near the beginning of a year, a new year, right? Um, We always make those New Year's resolutions. (laughs) <laughs> we do. We love them. We, we love them do. because it's, it's the promise of a fresh start, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why we, we like them so much because there's so much hope. In yes. Them. Yes. And, and anything is better than 2020, right? I mean, we have such high expectations for this year based off of what last year was. <laughs> Correct. Or it, the, the expectations, I've also heard people say like, they're very, the bar is set low. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be fabulous. It just has to be better than 2020. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to, um, I'll start with um, letting you introduce yourself, but then what I really want to get into is, you know, we're in March now. So everybody is kind of the weather's turning. We're getting those glimpses of those warm days. And I think there's almost a recommitment to our goals this Mm. time of year. So um, I think this topic is going to just flow really nicely with where everybody's at and what everybody wants to accomplish. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, that would be great. Of course. Uh, So I am a Navy wife. Uh, My husband and I are celebrating 15 years this year, which seems crazy. Um, I also realized that I graduated from high school about 20 years ago. So that's also weird to me. Um, So Navy wife, and we have four kids. Uh, My son is 13 and my daughters are uh, 11, five and three. Uh, So they keep me very, very busy. Uh, I started initially Uh, my coaching business shortly after baby number four was born. And I started as the overjoyed mom. And I was, uh, I was helping moms get their lives together. And then 2020 happened. And I uh, transitioned into the brand called the opulent life where I help moms with businesses now um, to grow them from a space of love and ease and flow. Because quite frankly, why would we do something else if it wasn't enjoyable to us? (laughs) Right, right. Um, I think so many people try to, they try other motives and they realize they keep falling flat. So if you don't enjoy what you're doing and if you don't have a passion, it's, you're not going to be able to be successful. Yeah. And, and as a mom, and I tell this to my clients, listen, there are plenty of things that we don't want to do that we do. So why would you not incorporate a whole bunch of fun into your business? Um, When your business becomes work, 
then you're not going to want to do it just like you're not going to want to do the laundry or clean the house. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about this topic of how do we start a new habit? Perfect. So if your audience is like me and they're a mom, or even if they're not a mom, chances are they have a lot on their plate. Uh, and I told my clients this last year when 2020 happened and st started to shut down, we got this amazing gift to then decide what was put back on of our plate. Um, so your plate was totally, you know, rinsed, right? You could literally not leave the house for a couple of weeks during the, the mix of that. And, but then we had the opportunity to say yes to the things that we really wanted to do instead of saying yes to everything that got thrown at us. Um, and so part of this starting small and creating these new habits, for me, I have so much on my plate anyways, that when I was going to lose baby weight or when I was wanting to do more self-care, whatever that looked like, I knew that I had to start super, super small. Like you had just said earlier, set the bar ridiculously low because I needed to feel successful. If I felt like a failure and I felt like I had failed my nutrition or I had failed at exercising, I was just going to stop because it was easier to just stop than to continuously feel like a failure. Uh, and so I set the bar really, really low when I'm starting something new, super low. Like for me, when I was shifting my mindset from feeling like a failure as a mom, right? Not only do we have our own you know, mental talk that tells us we're not good enough, but then we have children that yell at us because we're disciplining them. And so you have all of these things coming at you telling you that you're screwing up somewhere. And so I would go to bed every night feeling like an utter failure. And I said, something's going to change because I don't want to keep waking up to repeat all of this. And so I set my bar for success ridiculously low. Some days that bar for success was that the kids were alive. <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah, I've <laughs> and, been there. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and as a military wife, when my husband's gone, it is literally the children are all alive and we haven't gone to the ER. Like that's a successful day for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so setting the bar really, really low, then I started to feel successful. I started to go, okay, cool. Like, the kids were alive. It was a great day. And I would just keep setting just a little, little bit higher, but I wasn't doing it like a new year's resolution where somebody says, okay, I have 14 things that I want to do this year. Right. And they all, they start them all on January 1st. Well, I'm going to tell you by January 15th, if you're still doing one of those, that's a good thing. Right. But for me, I knew based off of my personality, it had to be super simple and really, really low. And so that was where I started. I had to redefine success. So instead of success being, I finished everything on my to-do list and my house was spotless and all the laundry was done and, and everybody was happy, right? <laughs> right. Because that happens every day. That happens, <laughs> right? Yes. So instead of that being my, my measure of success, it was simply, okay, are the children alive? Cool. Did it, felt good about it. And then I started to feel really good about the day. Like, cool, I can keep the children alive. I've got this, right? Because the early years of motherhood, you're like, sometimes I wonder like how I'm going to make it through. And then 
after I started to feel successful, I was like, okay, I've got this down. So let me add something else to that. And so I knew the next thing that I wanted to do was to start to make myself a priority. Well, as a mom of four, I actually started this as a mom of two, but as a mom of two, um, my husband was gone a lot at that time. I was totally overwhelmed. So I couldn't imagine trying to find a babysitter so I could go do a manicure and a pedicure and a massage and all of that stuff. Not to mention that spending that kind of money on me was a huge stretch and I wouldn't have done it. And so I started really small with something I knew I could commit to. So the first one, redefine success. Number two, start really small. And so I started really small and that started with just five minutes to myself. That was it. Five minutes. Even if I had to lock the bedroom door and put on headphones and listen to something super, super loud so that I couldn't hear anybody knocking on the door. Okay. Most of the time, the five minutes was before my kids got up, but sometimes it would have to be in the middle of the day. Sorry, Siri. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a second, Um, is somebody else with us? (laughs) (laughs) Just my watch. Um, Sometimes it needed to be in the middle of the day because I was losing my mind, right? The children were acting like children and, and I needed space to process. But I started to give myself those five minutes a day five minutes, sometimes, and I kid you not, sometimes I would go out to my car, I'd put the kids in front of the TV and I'd go out to my car and I'd turn up the radio really loud just so I had, or I'd sit in the silence, right? Right. Just so I had some undisturbed time for me because then it made me feel like I was a priority because I was doing something for me, but I had to start small. I couldn't say, oh, well, I'm doing self-care now, so I'm gonna get my hair done, I'm gonna get my nails done, I'm gonna go to the salon, I'm gonna go out and go shopping. Like that wasn't what I could justify, guilt-free, right? And so once I was in that kind of process, the third part was it just started to snowball. And so I said, okay, well, now I'm feeling successful. I've made myself a priority. So what else can I start to incorporate that will benefit me? What do my priorities look like here? And so maybe you just sit down and you say, okay, what are my priorities when it comes to my time? Because the truth is, if you don't put it on the calendar, something else is going to fill up that space. And we all know that, right? We have these plans. We're like, oh, well, Saturday, we don't have anything planned. So we're just going to sit at home and you get excited about not having any plans on Saturday. And then your kid comes home and they're like, oh, actually, I have a science project due. So we've got to go to the store and get all the craft things. And now you're lazy Saturday. You're irritated because it was no plans and it's now it's turned into plans. And so I tell my clients this regularly, listen. Even if you have no plans, block it off on your calendar. If you're excited about nothing to do on a Friday night, block it off on your calendar and call it me time, call it, you know, nothing time, whatever it is, but you've got to give it something because otherwise it, it just disappears. And then you hit Monday morning and you're like, shoot, I actually didn't even have any time to myself this weekend. Yeah. I think you, you've mentioned so many great things there. Um, I find that too. If I don't create blocks, even if it's, they feel insignificant and this is ridiculous. Why do I need to block this out? Right. There's just such a sense of accomplishment of, yes, I did that. And then, like you said, that creates um, momentum that creates motivation and you want to keep going. 
Yes. And, and it's the same thing with any kind of habit that you're wanting to change, whether it's your nutrition or your spending or, you know, your time management, you have to get intentional about it first, because otherwise you just revert back to your old ways. So if you're wanting to change your eating habits or your money habits or where you want to know where your time is going, you've got to start to write down, okay, here's where I actually want it to go. Here's what I actually want to do because otherwise you're just going to go on repeat. You're going to do the same thing that you've already always done because you haven't made the intention to change it. Um, and so that's intention is actually my word for this year. I'm incredibly intentional with my time. But there's other areas of my life that I'm not the most intentional because I'm like, eh, it's fine. It'll be okay. Um, but I notice that that starts to cycle and then it causes stress if I'm not being intentional with some things. Well, and I also think another important part you mentioned was write it down. So, so mm. many of us, we have these ideas or thoughts swirling around in our head and we feel like that's good enough as a landing spot. Right. Yes. Right. So for me, I, I love paper to pen, not paper to pen. Yes. Pen to paper. Pen to paper. I'll get it. I'll get it right. <laughs> um, pen to paper. I love writing things out. Yes. I have everything on my phone because it's always with me. I can have alerts on it. People, you know, I always know my kids' calendars. I know my calendar. It's always on my phone, but there's something about writing it down that just, it, it actually, I feel like it frees up mental space. Um, and so I have a, a paper calendar for my stuff. I have all my kids stuff on a calendar downstairs in the kitchen and it just, it allows more creativity because I'm not trying to hold all of these things in. Um, I'm not going, oh, well, I have to remember to call the dentist because the second I remember to call the dentist, it's going as an alert on my phone to remind me to call the dentist. And that way I can still be present with my kids instead of going, I need to remember to do this. I need to remember to do this. I need to remember to do this. I just type it into my phone and then I can get back to what I'm doing. Right. All right. So I'm going to make an admission here that I do this and this is terrible. And I, I'd love to know if anybody else does these things because sometimes I think I'm the only one, but Sometimes at night when I'm thinking of things, because, you know, that's when all the ideas come rushing, yes. you know, into mm -hmm. your head. And then I will literally try to make an acronym for everything I have to do based on the first letter of the activities, like doctor, laundry, grocery, and, you know, call this person up. And I'll be like, okay, DLC. I'm just making up letters now because I don't remember what yeah. I said. And I will try to literally repeat those letters over and over. And it, it makes me so anxious. I'm like, just get this out of your head, write it down. So now I keep a notebook by my bed. So that yes. way, if anything comes to me, put it on paper and then I can deal with it and look at it objectively versus just letting things swirl in my head and hoping that I'll remember and hoping exactly. I'll stay committed. Yeah, yes. So that's <laughs> like you, the second I lay down in bed, I'm like, oh, and all of a sudden the ideas come because you're fully relaxed. Right. Right. And so everything that happened through that day, you can start to process and you can go through and you can remember things. I get a lot of my my um, business ideas, why I'm laying down, trying to go to sleep. And so like you, I have a notebook next to my bed or I'll hop out of bed and I'll go grab my phone because I don't sleep with it next to my bed and I'll type it up 
real fast. And then I go back to bed because what happens is if I don't get up to do it, then I sit there trying to make sure that I remember it in the morning and I end up losing more sleep. Correct. Correct. So it's just easier for me to write it down when it comes up or to, you know, get out of bed and type it on my phone, whatever it is. Um, because otherwise I lay there and go, okay, well, do I really need to remember this tomorrow? Okay. Maybe I don't. And, and I don't need that. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for you when it comes to creating habits um, and you've already mentioned, you want to make sure you're redefining your success and you want to start small, get those wins out of the gate early. Um, when it comes to creating habits, goals, whatever you want to call them right now, how many should we focus on? Should we just focus on one at a time? Or is it one of those things where, but I have four things I'd like to do. So should I, can I just pare it down by two or is it truly that one goal and then move? I recommend always one at a time. Um, it doesn't have to take you 30 days to implement or 21 days to implement that new habit, but I always recommend one at a time. That way you're staying focused on that particular thing and you're not going, okay, well, today I now don't have time to do both of these, so I have to pick. Um, that way it gives you the opportunity to actually change that habit and make it make it a habit, right? Change one thing from the other gives you that ability to do it. But then it gives you that win because you said, yes, I did that one. Now I know I can do another one. Okay. Um, part of that success model there. And so one of the exercises I actually have my clients walk through and, and um, the listeners here can go back to podcast episode number two on the Opulent Life podcast if you want to listen to this whole exercise. But I, it's an exercise called the Opulent Version of Me. And what I walk them through is, okay, if you had a million dollars in the bank, what would your day look like? What kinds of things would you do? What time would you get up? Would you exercise? What would you eat? All of these kinds of things, right? And I have them visualize it and then write down, okay, what, what kind of attitude does this person have? What kind of habits does this person have? Um, how does this person dress? What do they do with their money? What do they do with their time? And literally make a list of their ideal version of themselves, their opulent version of themselves. And then the, the best part about this, and I just, I just checked off my list the other day, is I will focus on one of those things that I want to start to incorporate into my life. Because the key here is you're not going to make a million dollars until you're in the habit of being a millionaire, right? So you're not going to call in opulence in your life. Opulence is wealth, riches, um, it exudes, you know, kind of this luxurious sensation. You're not going to attract those things into your life if you're still hanging out, making twelve seventy-five an hour, right? Whatever that is. And so, how can you start to change your character to align with the things that you want? And so, I have my clients make this list. It's a very simple exercise, and then they focus on one of those at a time. Sometimes. I'll put something on that list because I just want to cross it off and highlight that I've actually accomplished it, but it gives me something to focus on. And so for instance, one of the things on my list um, is that I make new recipes once a week. So we are in a habit 
literally eating the same thing every week. I go to the grocery store, I buy the same stuff. Gets boring, gets monotonous. My husband goes, are we eating this again? And so I start to look for, okay, just one recipe. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It can be Sunday dinner where I experiment, or it could be a quick 30 minute meal that I found, but I like to incorporate new recipes into our eating routine because otherwise it becomes a habit. Right, right, I love that. I love the whole part of who do you want to be? Mm -hmm. What does a person like that what does a person do that exudes those characteristics and then start doing those things, but one at yes. a time. Right. One at a time. And, and they're most of the things on my list are free. They're not going to cost me anything to start to incorporate into my life, but it's about being intentional with saying, okay, instead of right. For instance, um, the very first thing on my list is I wake up excited every day. Well, I spent a good majority of the first part of motherhood waking up exhausted and feeling like a failure. And so now I'm like, well, shoot, no, I'm excited about the day. I don't care what that excitement is. It could be the mere fact that it's Friday and I get to have pizza for dinner, right? Like I love pizza, um, <laughs> but whatever it is, I'm, I am intentional in saying, okay, I'm going to be excited about something today. It could be the run that I have, or that I got to go to the barn and hang out with my horse or, or, you know, the kids have school and they're actually going to school, right? <laughs> whatever it is, I make sure that I'm saying, okay, I'm excited about something today instead of rolling out of bed and being like, ugh, I got to do it all again. Right. I think I've done this with my clients before where I'm like, tell yourself <clears throat> you're an athlete, right? Mm. And people be like, I've never exercised a day in my life. I've never played a sport. I am not an athlete. I'm far from it. I'm like, but what if you woke up tomorrow and said to yourself, I am an athlete. And then you ask yourself that exact question. Well, what does an athlete do? What does an mm. athlete eat for breakfast? What are an athlete's sleeping habits? You know, they probably prioritize exercise and training in their day. So how do we block off exercise? They probably have a, a good healthy dinner. Okay, so then what would that look like? So it's, you know, it's that same activity in a different way, but we have to first change the mindset before we can change right. the actions, right? Yes. Yeah. And and that third part that I talked about earlier about, you know, having a priority for your time, that was vital to me being able to make the changes in my life. And I'll never forget, I actually got triggered. I got really irritated when somebody said to me, if it was important to you, you would find the time. And I wanted to flip them off <laughs> and say real nasty words to them because I, at the time when I had read, it was a Facebook post, I had read it. I was mom of two, my husband was deployed. I was teaching online college classes, working in MLM and going to school for my PhD. And my kids were young. They were five and three at the time, I think. And somebody said, if it was important to you, you'd find the time. And I, again, wanted to be really angry at them, but it caused me to actually go, well, shoot, I really don't know where my time is going because it was habitual. It was the same thing every day that I could sit there and say, I didn't have any time at all to exercise. The truth was, I didn't know what I was doing throughout the day. And so I, that's where the, the pen to paper started. And I wrote down, okay, this is actually what my day looks like. And a huge chunk of my day was spent on laundry. 
obsessing about laundry, thinking about laundry, believing that I was going to be the first mom ever to complete all of the laundry. Um, <laughs> it's oh. funny, but this was, this was my battle. This was what got me anxious. And I would do laundry every day. And if I found a sock that was crammed in a couch cushion, I would lose my mind because then I would have more laundry to do, right? I was convinced I would be the first mom who finished laundry. Turns out, unless we're living in a nudist colony, that's not going to happen. Right. And so I had to come to terms with the fact that I was obsessing over laundry and it was actually eating up my whole day. So I said, okay, laundry is only going to happen on Mondays and Thursdays. That's it. We had hampers and laundry baskets in all the kids' rooms. But for whatever reason, I believed that they had to be empty all the time. Wow. There was a lot of anxiety as I watched the clothes pile up over a couple of days. <laughs> yes. And with a large family, that happens very quickly. <laughs> right. And I kept thinking to myself, it, it will be okay if I just do one load of laundry. But I said, no, I am, I am wasting an incredible amount of time thinking about laundry. And it took me a couple weeks to get used to clothes being in a laundry basket. But the amount of time that I found in my day was incredible because right. I wasn't obsessing over whether or not the laundry was done or if my kids had to change their clothes because they spilled water on them or they were being kids, whatever it was, right? They had to change into pajamas. Well, now you have dirty clothes again, right? right. But it was... It took me, it took somebody irritating me for me to actually sit down and go, oh, shoot, they're right. I can make time for the things that are important when I know where my time is going. Right. And that is something we talk about all the time, like nutrition and health and exercise and taking care of yourself. It takes time and effort. And yes. so when we're already exhausted, when we are burning the candle at both ends, and then we want to add a fitness routine on top of it and right. cooking five days a week and doing the grocery shopping and all the healthy behaviors, and we don't have the time to devote to it, then we get frustrated mm -hmm. and then we give up because, well, I can't do it. It doesn't work. And so part of this is learning about yourself and your current habits that if you want to create a new habit you may have to adjust your current. Right. Not system. to mention that you waste a lot of time thinking about creating a habit instead of just doing it. Right. <laughs> right. right. We, wait, we wait for that. It has to be Monday. I've got to start my new eating plan on Monday. Why do you have to start it on Monday? Well, because then I can get through the weekend, but then you're thinking about all of the stuff all weekend where if you just started it on Friday, then you'd be fine. And it wasn't consuming your whole weekend. And a lot of the times changing the habit initially takes a bunch of time because you're learning something new, you're retraining yourself and it can take a little bit more time, but as you get better at it, it takes less and less time. Just like if you decided to, that you wanted to start running, you go out for your first run, it's going to be probably a 12, 15 minute mile. But the better that you get at it, the more that you do it, then you're going, oh, well, it's only an eight minute mile now. And so, yes, it takes time to get efficient and for it to become a pattern, but you're going to waste a whole bunch of time just thinking about it. You can just do it faster. 
So that's a good point that we should we should um, write down or if you're taking notes is if you are going to start a new habit, actually allowing some extra time yeah. in your day to get get it done. Yeah, because that's where that's where I see a lot of frustration happen because they'll look at somebody who like me, who's I'm incredibly efficient with my time. I just am. And so they can look at me and be like, oh, well, she got all of this stuff done in an hour, but I don't know how to do all of that stuff, but she did it in an hour so I can do it in an hour, right? That's going to be really frustrating to somebody. And so maybe block off a little bit more time than an hour, right? This would be the same thing if I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to create my own website. I don't know a dang thing about creating a website. And I'm certainly not going to sit there and go, okay, well, that person, she sells websites and she can put a website together in three hours. So obviously I can do it in three hours too. No, 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 no. It's going to take me like three months to put together a website. And so just give yourself a little bit more of that buffer space to say, okay, hey, I'm actually gonna do meal planning this week. So-and-so that I follow her blog, she does meal planning in 15 minutes. Okay, if you've never done meal planning, it's gonna take you longer than 15 minutes. Right, and giving yourself that grace to know it's okay. Exactly, giving yourself that grace, but also giving yourself the permission to take a little bit longer to do something new. Because we're not all experts at something right out of the gate. Um, You know, like I said, I'm now really efficient with my time, but I wasn't efficient with my time when I was obsessing over laundry. My husband told me to call the doctor for something. I would lose my mind because I was like, where am I going to fit that in my day? Now, if he's like, okay, hey, can you shoot an email over to the mortgage company? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I know where I can fit that into my day now. Right. Well, and I say this too all the time, you're good at what you practice, right? Yes. So it over and over again. All right. So I have a couple more questions when it comes to creating habits. So obviously this is a nutrition podcast, so I'm going to use nutrition examples, but let's say we want to start a habit. We want to create a new habit. Um, I want to eat more um, vegetables at dinner. So it's a habit I want to add to my day. Do you, what do you recommend in terms of, do you write it down, put it in the kitchen? Do you sync chopping vegetables to an already pre-existing habit? Like how, because you've never done it before. So how do right. people, a lot of times people are like, I, I don't, I always forget. I always forget that I said, I want to do mm-hmm. this. And because it's not a habit, your brain isn't trained yet to remember it in the moment. Usually after the moment is gone, then you remember. (laughs) Of course, yes. So how do you Um, create a habit out of thin air? Absolutely. So again, this is setting the bar really low, making it super, super simple. So I remember um, several years ago, back when the 21 day fix came out, right? Mm-hmm. We all remember those little colored containers that, that Beachbody did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give that a try. And it was something new for me to measure my food. And cause I was never terribly aware of my food. I was a very avid runner, but to try to lose baby weight, I had to be intentional about it. And so I had all these little containers and I thought, okay, I'm going to use these. I'm going to give it a whirl. And so the very first thing that I did was I got curious. It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't a, I can't eat carbs. 
I wasn't making myself out to be bad. I was just interested. I was curious as to see whether this could help me, right? And it relieved a lot of the pressure because I wasn't saying, no, 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 this is the thing that has to help me. And I think that's uh, that extra pressure that people put on losing weight and eating healthy really makes you not want to do it. And so how can you bring in a little bit of fun? How can you make it easy? And so maybe you bring your kids in with it and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to eat a green vegetable today. What green vegetable could we eat this week, right? If you've got little kids, they're going to tell you all the green vegetables because they just learned them at school the other day, right? <laughs> and so how can you bring it in and make it a little bit more fun? If it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. If you feel like you're punishing yourself, you're not going to want to stick to it. And so how can it be fun? When I did, um, I did a vegan diet in January last year and I had to make it fun. So how did I make it fun? I said, okay, well, I eat a bunch of stuff that's vegan to begin with. So let me start there. So start with a vegetable that you know you'll eat. Okay, don't go out and get okra and Brussels sprouts if you've never eaten those. Okay, that's not going to make it fun. But make it easy. What vegetables will you eat? And just start to bring in some of those vegetables. Um, the easiest way I, I do it um, when I'm really being intentional about my vegetables is like, it's, as you had mentioned, I'll chop up peppers. If I'm making peppers with dinner, I'll chop up more so that I have them to snack on the next day. And I'll just put them in a little container because I'm already chopping. So I'll just put some extras in a container. And then that's an easy thing for me to grab. The easier you can make the change, the more it's going to stick. If you're trying to overhaul a whole bunch of stuff, right? If you're trying to cut out dairy and sugar and meat and carbs all at the same time, you're going to lose your mind. Because it's going to feel too hard and you're going to feel like you're punishing yourself. And so if you have to take some things out of your diet, okay, well, what things do you eat that are aligned with that diet already? What things do you know that you'll eat? Um, you know, when I went vegan, I was like, okay, cool. I know that I'll eat fruits and vegetables. So I'm going to stock up on fruits and vegetables. And I didn't change. I did try a couple of new things. I tried egg substitutes and realized that those were terrible as scrambled eggs. Um, <laughs> But I got, everyone. Yep, I got a vegan bread and I was like, okay, I can eat this with, you know, some tomato and lettuce and, you know, add a little avocado. And then I've got this delicious sandwich because those were already things that I knew I would eat. Okay. So then my other question is, what if you are trying to take a habit out of your diet? Do you recommend replacing it with something? Um, Instead, you know, so like, okay, a great example would be, I don't want to eat after dinner. I want to cut out all my evening snacking. That is the habit I want to create. So walk us through how you would recommend. Very simple. I'm going to just tell you to go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, in terms, if you're removing something, then I would pare it down. I wouldn't say, hey, cold turkey, we're not having any snacks after dinner. I would say, okay, well, instead of eating chips after dinner, I want something crunchy and salty. So maybe I have some nuts. 
Maybe I get some something that's of the similar texture, right? For me, when I was, my husband is notorious for pulling out a bag of chips after dinner and eating them with, uh, as we watch TV, notorious for it. But he has a metabolism like no tomorrow and he can afford to do that, right? Someday I secretly hope that his metabolism slows down a little bit, but that's the story for another day. So I have to have really great willpower and say, you know what? I don't want those chips. I don't know that I'm hungry or if I just want it because he's having it. And so maybe you check in with yourself. I'm one of those people that I will be full after dinner. It's very rare that I'll have a snack after dinner, um, but that's just me. But instead of saying, hey, I'm not gonna eat chips at all. I'm not gonna eat anything after dinner. Say, okay, you know what? I want something crunchy. Maybe I have carrots. Maybe I have peppers. Maybe I, you know, just drink more water before bed because that may be something that fills you up. Or maybe you have flavored water. Um, you know, I would substitute it because otherwise you're going to lose willpower, especially if somebody else in your house is not on board with what you're doing. Um, and so just substitute it to something that's a little bit healthier that you'll eat, right? Where you don't feel like you're punishing yourself. Right. Cause that goes back to your, make it fun. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Me, make it fun comment. If it's not fun taking all food out of your diet after dinner yeah. and it feels like a punishment, you're not going to stay with it. So, right. You're going to be like, okay, the kids are in bed. Now I'm going to bed because I can't sit here and not eat something. Um, and so make an easy substitute, uh, carrots, those little carrots, um, those are easy to chomp on. It gives you that crunch or a handful of nuts. Um, for me, I was never a sweet person, but with each child, my sweet tooth progressively got worse. Uh, and so now I have, uh, I'll periodically crave just a little piece of chocolate. So I have little tiny mini Justin's peanut butter cups. And all I need is one of those and I'll just have one and I'll, I'll satisfy that craving and then I'll move on with my day or a little bit of, you know, chocolate chips. Um, but the key is, and I said this to my five-year-old the other day, she said something about mom, milk is healthy for me. And I said, yeah, actually everything can be good for you in moderation, it's when we decide that that is the only thing and we do a lot of that, that it starts to not be good for us. Right. Yeah, we did a, a podcast on that recently, like balance, mm. moderation, variety. That goes back yes. to your, your meal plan, you know, yeah. your new recipe <laughs> habit. You know, those really are the pillars and the foundation of a healthy diet. But I call them gray words because we like we've been conditioned to think black or white is the only way when it comes right. to food. I'm either doing it right or it's all wrong. It's either good or it's bad. And um, that can work for a very finite time right? until it doesn't. Right. And until then, you, yeah. Until you feel like you're punishing yourself and then it's correct. no longer fun. And, and then, and that's where people have those yo-yo diets, right? Where they're like, oh yeah, I'm really excited about this. This is going to work. And then they're not so excited about it because they've realized how much they've restricted themselves. Um, you know, like the, and I know that you do full on nutrition, but there is a diet. I don't know the name of it where they just send you all your food. Right. Like a nutrition system or something y like that. Yeah. And, and I go, okay, well, how does that parlay into real life? 
are you just going to send me my food for the rest of my life and I don't have to think about it? Because that, that to me would make me yo-yo where when I didn't have the money or didn't want to pay for the thing, then I had to figure out, okay, well, how do I eat healthy on my own? Right. Yep. Yep. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's just, um, let's double back here a little bit and just kind of go over the tips one more time. So tip number one or step number one, I should say is redefine success. Mm -hmm. Right. Make it super simple. Um, you know, if you're starting a, if you're starting new nutrition, you know, maybe you just substitute one non-healthy thing for one healthy thing, right? Maybe it's not a full overhaul. If you're, you know, checking your money, maybe you just start to track where your money actually goes with, you know, an app or a piece of paper or whatever it is, just something simple that gets you on that trajectory to where you want to go. Super simple. Yeah. Perfect. I know I, for myself personally, I, if I write a goal out or a new habit, um, I always just look for, am I 1% better this week than I was last week? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love the 1% rule. Um, okay. And then the second step you said is start small, right? Yes. Yeah. The smaller, the better, because that way you can actually snowball it. Um, and then once you get going into the groove, you're like, cool, I've got this. Um, but start really small, something that is manageable. Um, again, if you try to totally overhaul, that's where failure shows up because you're trying to change too much in a short period of time. Okay, perfect. And then finally, step three is figuring out what are your priorities? Yeah, so that's really important because if you don't know what the priority is. If you don't know the purpose behind the goals, then it will be hard for you to to move through them. Um, So for me, when I first started making my self-care a priority, I made it a priority because I was exhausted all the time and I wasn't showing up as a good mom. And so it was a priority. So I said, okay, well now I need to do these things so I can show up and be a better mom. It's kind of that, that what's your reason why? Correct. That's how we usually describe it. Define your why. Why are you doing this? And peel it back like an onion, not just, well, because I want to feel better. Well, why? Right. (laughs) Why do you want to feel better? Ask yourself why until you can no longer answer it, right? Little kids are good at getting you to do that. Yes. Uh, My three-year-old knows the word why and everything. Why, mom? Why? And at some point I can't answer the why unless I go, because God made it that way. Right. (laughs) Yes. Because it is. Yes. (laughs) That is, yes, exactly. All right. That's awesome. All right. So I think you've given us some really great practical techniques and tips on how we can either create habits, we can um, get rid of some of those habits that we may have developed over quarantine or, Mm -hmm. you know, just over life in general. Um, So Stephanie, I always ask my guests at the end of the episode, if they wouldn't mind sharing one of their favorite recipes, whether it's a a go-to snack or breakfast or dinner idea, just something that um, you like to make or your family likes to eat or just something that we can all just get new ideas from each other. So if you have one to share. So my favorite is zucchini noodles with chicken parmesan. Uh, So it's the regular chicken parmesan recipe, right? However you make chicken Parmesan, uh, generally that's served with pasta. But for me, when I'm watching my carbs, I will use zucchini noodles instead. 
They are delicious. They are super easy to cook. A lot of the grocery stores sell them now. Um, or you can get a zucchini if you have a noodle, a zoodle maker, whatever it is. Uh, we have a very large garden. And so I will make zoodles when my zucchini is fresh and then I just freeze them. Um, but this is a super easy substitution because one, my kids will eat the chicken parmesan, so I'm not making two separate meals. That was the biggest thing that I had to make sure happened when I was switching my diet was I couldn't be making two separate meals. That was going to be exhausting. So how could I create a simple substitution that still allowed me to eat with the family but not feel like I was starving myself? And so I make the pasta for the kids and I make the zucchini noodles for me and I'll put you know, I usually eat like half of a chicken breast. Um, I'll put that with my zucchini noodles and it's delicious. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything, but I haven't cooked something else because my kids are eating the pasta, they're eating the chicken and everybody's happy about the meal. Yeah. I, I think I need to do a whole entire episode about why you do not make separate meals for your children. <laughs> um, yes. Because I can't even tell you how many... Um, families that I talk to or women that I counsel and they are exhausted, you know, talk yeah. about where does your time go? Because they are, they're standing in the kitchen all day acting as a short order cook. And mm -hmm. so if you want time and energy yeah. back into your day, that is a great place to start. So yes. And, and that's my rule of thumb. My five-year-old, she's the pickiest one of the bunch, but there is always something that I have made for dinner that night that she will eat. So if I make, you know, steak and potatoes and green beans, right? She's not a big potato kid, but she'll eat the green beans and she'll eat the steak. So as long as they're eating one portion of that meal, and it's not just French fries, Okay. As long as they're eating one portion of that meal, that is a win for me. And I can get them to try the other stuff, right? When I do a new recipe, the rule is you just have to try it. And I know instantly if my kids like it or not, because they have a crazy gag reflex. And so the rule is just try it. If you don't like it, cool. You don't ever have to eat it again, but I just want you to try it to see if you like it. And that way I know, okay, hey, I can actually make this and they'll in this part of this meal and they'll eat it um, because I will not, I refuse to make 14 different meals. I, I just won't. I'm the exact same way. I think yeah. in that respect, large families are very helpful because mm. just from a logistic standpoint, you can't. Where no, if you only no. have like one kid or maybe two kids, it's a little bit easier to justify, well, they don't like this. I'll make something different. But when you've got four or five kids, it's just not even yeah. possible. So it forces yeah. your kids to eat what is in front of them. Yes. And, you know, if, and if they're still hungry, shoot, my, my husband's the snacker, but all my kids are snackers too. Like no kidding. The kitchen will just have been finished cleaning and they're in there for popcorn or oranges or whatever it is. I don't fight it. It's not worth it to me, but they've at least eaten what was on the dinner table at some point. So, right. Right. Awesome. All right, Stephanie. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today. You've given us a lot of great insight and information that we can move forward with. Absolutely. It was so fun to be here. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that's what we have for today. Um, thank you so much again for listening in and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. 
If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at bodymetricshealth or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.